This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. So I, I guess, okay, to wrap up, someone asked a question, which I think is worth addressing. He heard the hack about the Hillsheimer Seminary wanting to open up a branch in Israel, Rabbi Meir time wanted to open up a branch in the 30s, the mid-30s, and uh, Reb Chaim Oza opposed it. Reb Chaim Oza wrote a nice but very firm letter against it. The people in Yerushalayim opposed it. It never got off the ground. There was an, uh, a bit of a discussion about the Nusach of that letter. In one place he writes, it doesn't, it's wrong to make a factory for Abonim in Yerushalayim, that's Israel. Um, on the other hand, that, that Nusach does not appear in the letter to the um, Rav Hildesheimer. And Rav Shnei Lyman, who points out that there were two, obviously two versions of the letter, one that he wrote to him, and one that he wrote more strongly to others. But I'd like to discuss it and try to understand a little bit um, a, a perspective that sort of, I guess, gives a, another dimension to some things. It, it'll include some of the points raised before about Rev Weinberg's uh, um, reactions to Berlin and so on. So I want to preface it with a story from the Altus Labotka. There was um, a, a, a student at the at university, who Kedarkai of most students in Lita was not terribly from. Something in him would send him occasionally to the yeshiva to spend some time there or to spend time with the altar. The altar gave him a lot of time and was very makarvi. The um, there was a chashva bach in yeshiva who was very chashva indeed. The altar did not give him much time. And he was upset. And he once asked the altar, Hayitachon, that that is so, you know, so and so gets so much of your time and attention, and I'm such a, I'm doing what's right, and I don't get much attention. To which the altar said as follows That other Bacha has all of the Yitzharis of his taking care of university. The only thing that drives him to yeshiva to talk to me is the Yitzhatov. So I'm interested in meeting Yitzhatov. It's always pleasant to meet Yitzhatov. You're sitting and learning and davening and you're connected to Baruch Hu. What you want from me is covet. So who's sending you to me? Yitzhahara. So he said, I'd rather be with Yitzhatov than your Yitzhahara. That was a, a story from the Alta Slabotka. What I mean to reflect with it is a lot of times when you look at certain activities, actions, and so on, you need to ask yourself in this context, what exactly is happening over here? Where is this process coming from and where is it taking us to? When we're talking about doing things that are stretching the limits 
of halacha, mesoras, tradition, etc. And we ask ourselves, where is it coming from? Uh, there was a Mesa that in, in Florida, there were schools made, they, they still exist, in order, to, um, in order to attract the Israeli kids who unfortunately the, the uh, simulation rate for Yordim is like 90%. We, you've seen two Yordim here. In, in America, there are hundreds of thousands of Yordim in Florida, in, in California, etc. But Moshe Shapiro was very involved in doing whatever it takes. And they opened up a school which, um, which caters to these kids and gives them Yiddishkeit to the best of their abilities. Now, these are kids that are coming from homes that are totally secular. Their parents are, um, they have some interest that the kids have some Yiddish Echinach, but basically, they're Israelis and Bezeru. We actually happened, my wife and myself had the fortune to meet one. It was very, very moving. But you, you obviously have to make certain compromises. There are pictures of all sorts of Gedolim such as Ben-Gurion and others, that you wouldn't expect in the yeshiva. And, and there's a flag, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, of things like that. And the Kanoyim in America when it's over to this, and they asked, and they were very upset, and the kids said they agreed to ask Reb Steyman. So Reb Steyman asked, where would these kids go if not for this school? And the answer was public school. So he said, so what's the question? I, I don't stand, he said. So you have a picture, but the kid is learning to say Shema Yisrael. The kid is, is, is being coaxed to do things, possibly go to yeshiva or something. So, so what's the question? Like, like, like why are you confusing Iker and Tafel? So, and, and it was with Shach's Shita in many other things, where, wherever there were things that were um, Wherever there were things that he didn't like, but he would always weigh and measure things that he was very vociferous about and very, very strong about. I know from a personal meeting about, about a certain Indian is in Russia, where he said, he looked at it very soberly and he said, What are the choices? Um, if I can give a marshal, if a person is operating uh, in a hospital, in a civilized country and using a knife that hasn't been properly sterilized, they should lose the license. But if a soldier falls in the battlefield and the only way you can save him is wrapping around a dirty shmat, a dirty tourniquet, and he does it because it's not sterilized, he's a retzeach. And someone will ask, well, what's the difference? Well, there's a very big difference. It, it, it's a difference between having the luxury of doing things exactly as you would like to where this pikuach nefesh. The, um, so let's take a look in Germany. In Germany, the matzav was, Germany was dead. And it was only because of these activities that Yiddishkeit came into being. So having boys and girls groups together being so much on a heter of singing together there in Zakol Ishan, all these things, you're going out on a limb because of a reason. And the raya is, it's effective. It's effective because to these people, 
it represented a bridge to Yiddishkeit. These were people that were doing all of these things anyway, and you created an environment where it was a bridge to doing what's right. And that was very, very positive. You created Rabbanim who were um, knowledgeable in halacha, sincere Ehrlich, and capable of running the country and doing things like that. And, 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 and therefore, it's amazing. You, you, you gave them, you used the tools of research because it was important. It was important for them to be familiar with it, to understand it. There was life. That was the, that the, these were the issues that they had to be able to address. And, and every single box checked off and the proof was in the pudding. This was what, what kept the community um, from and, and, and vibrant and moving forward. In Yerushalayim, in Eretz Yisrael, there, was, there were yeshivas and kibbutzim of Chachamim that were incredible. People who, who, who could say, you know, Shurim and Tyrus and in Kachim, in, 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 in the, in the, in the Sugis and Nashim Rezikim, and, and, and so on and so forth. It's true that there were none from Israelis, but I assure you, a Herabina does not have any great influence on a Tzaber. That's not, that's not the, 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 the tool that adds or gives anything. So at best, what you could accomplish is take people who can become major tamichachamim. If you pay them well enough, and they go to a um, and they go to a, a rabbina seminar, you're basically downgrading yeshivas, and that's something that is 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 going the other direction. So to ask yourself if it's good or not good, the question is. Good or not good depends. Is medicine to is medicine to push up your blood pressure good or not? It depends. If you're suffering from low blood pressure, if your heart is not pushing the blood and you increase the pressure, you save a person's life. If a person has very high blood pressure, you're destroying it. So, asking yourself is is the uh, Rabina seminar a good undertaking? The answer is. It depends where. What would it have done at Israel? Hard to think of anything positive that it could do. It, it, it was not, it was downgrading Torah, and on the other hand, it was something which, it's hard to see that it would address the non from people in a meaningful way. It, it, those were not the issues they were grappling with. They were, they were, they were not the things that, that were helping at all. At best, you could just throw a wrench into the machine and, and be metalcopacity. What, what is there? There was another point also. The idea of Torah Lishma, the idea of people sitting and learning because learning is Kaim Chayenu, is the noblest ideal in Klai Yisrael. Is everyone capable of doing it? The answer is for sure not. Um, but that we should appreciate it and understand it as such. Is, is, is the core understanding of the yeshiva movement. The Goyen was Kulay Taira. He was not a Lanz Rabbiner, not a Hope Rabbiner, not an Ober Rabbiner. He was the Goyen. 
the great yeshivas were Mekomos HaTorah. That's what they were. And that gives, the, that gives a certain sense of what Torah is about and, and Yiddishkeit about, a whole different dimension. Are Rabbanim Nesafikos? Of course. Should there be um, training in some ways for Rabbanim specifically? Of course. But not as a, a replacement or an alternative yeshiva. Once the word yeshiva means something in the stature of Mir, Panovich, Brisk, Hevrin, then, then the other ones don't have the title of yeshiva. They are important institutions. And yes, um, a lot could be done, but it, it needs to find its rightful place. And um, that really was what it was about. And the idea, and, and it's the very point, a factory for Abanim didn't mean, the title didn't mean to degrade or denigrate the people coming out. The people coming out were Tamir Chachamim, Yodei Sefer, and doing heroic work. But the world of Torah is way beyond that. It's not a place, it, it just by its nature, Yeshiv Yeshiva is something that is a world beyond it. It's a, it's a concept that stretches beyond a, a rabbina being a necessary function. Maybe we'll speak about in Hamburg, Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Kalbach, who was an extraordinary rav, rabbiner. His, his, his work within his killer was extraordinary. He took a trip with a group of other rabbanim to the, to the yeshivas in East Europe and Poland to, to Yachol, and he wrote back extraordinary reports for public consumption. But he puts it that way. He explains the difference between um, a yeshiva in its full sense of the word and a practical institution. And, and then they don't contradict each other unless they're set up as being one vis-a-vis -vis the other. And that, by the way, is a reason why um, it's so important that a person actually spends some time of his life in a real yeshiva. It's something where this is a perfect world. We are created to wrestle with an imperfect world, but it's only as long as we have the image of what we're wrestling towards. What does Torah look like when it's understood at its best? When it's, when it's most comprehensive? When you make Torah. The fact that you can do davening and mitzvahs in a yeshiva environment, is not a steer to the fact that sometimes you need to be the evident. There's halachis in tefillah being kemoyne ma'os, and there's halachis in tefillah for po'alim, who, who, who are not allowed to take off more time. They're not soys each other, so long as we put each one in its right place. And that's why a real understanding of Rabbi Chaim and Rabbi Chaim was somebody who got it. I don't, Rabbi Chaim is my words to say anything about him. But Rabbi Chaim was somebody who was both Torah at its best, and he saw Kalal Yisrael at its most frayed edges. Rabbi Chaim gave money to Friar students in university to be able to, to eat Matzah and Pesach because he saw them also as members of Kalal Yisrael. He understood what they need. He, he understood the whole range of it. He understood the heroic work that these people were doing in Germany. And he understood in Germany it's the right thing. And at Israel, 
it's going to take away, it's going to attract, not add to it. So understanding this perspective puts everything into place, I think. And it's an important picture to understand um, in, in, a, in, a, in a mature and a thoughtful way, understanding the whole picture. And that's why people who hack this way or that way, Rabbi Moiser was not denigrating the Rabbina seminar, nor did he, did he quote unquote, not understand how wonderful it would be if we had one at Yisrael. He understood how wonderful the Rabbina seminar is in Berlin and how counterproductive it would be to just blindly copy it into, into, into Yisrael. Okay, so a few words I want to add.